In April 2020, just as the global pandemic was kicking off, Lawrence and I started recording our weekly Friday Firesides. These are conversations broadcast live over the Crowdcast platform and joined by people all over the world who listen in and share their thoughts with us via the chat. We started these live recordings as an opportunity to keep in touch with our members, as well as process what it meant to run a business during a pandemic. Since then, we've broadcast nearly every single Friday and built up a library of over 100 episodes. We cover a range of different topics from money to meaning, pricing to purpose, vision to vulnerability, entrepreneurship to empathy, and product design to life design. This is our perspective of what it means to do business from the inside out, as well as the outside in. If you're a business hippie just like us, then you'll definitely find something of value here. We hope that these conversations inspire and motivate you to do work and build businesses that create meaningful change without burning out. Because like us, you're just wanting to make money, do good, and be happy. I am the founder of Inspiration Space, and I consider myself to be a venture catalyst, and I call myself the Inspire-in-Chief. And and I know I've told you two this story like a million times, but when I decided I wanted to sort of solve the problem of people working in isolation and not stepping into their full potential, I started to look around to see if there was any other kind of business support service that was doing this, not because I was trying to assess the competition, but because I was like gaslighting myself. Just like, I don't think that this kind of thing could exist or does exist because it's a bad idea. And so I went looking and I came to the Happy Startup School. It was a blog post on Medium. And I was like, this is cool. And then I went to the website and it was, I saw summer camp. And I was like, this is what I want to make. I was like, this is it. This is it. And, you know, it was the the whole, the antidote to the, to the old way of working and, and, and all of that. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. I was like, that's all the validation I need. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, 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 you know, it's part of that like foundational story of inspiration space. And so then when Carlos and I kind of bumped into each other in the virtual halls of Clubhouse, you know, before that became like what that is now, um, you know, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's you. And I, and I have this thing about meeting people in real life whose work I've seen out in the world that impacts me, because it's not something that you can force. It just happens serendipitously. And when that does happen, I'm like, oh, my, like, I, I know you, like, you are why I'm doing this. Right. And that's huge, especially if you like when you do feel like some small single individual, you know? And so, yeah, so I, I did a, a Friday Fireside. And I just, I love you. I love the energy of the Happy Startup School, the community, the content, all of it. And so when you asked me if I would uh, speak at summer camp, I was like, all right. And it was exactly what I needed. I've realized that 2022 has been the year of the slow burnout, <laughs> like, like the slow burnout, like almost like those trick candles on like a birthday cake, like, it's almost like I wish I would just collapse. And then it's like, nope, got some more fires. Like, oh my gosh, please, can I just <laughs> can I just stop, please? And so I took August off accidentally on purpose 
And then I went to summer camp and I just came back alive. And I'm not the kind of person who like puts myself in large social situations. Like, and I mean, summer camp is by no means Glastonbury, but I'm like, you know, five people in a room is touching on the uncomfortable for me Um, (laughs) because I am a, uh, you know, I am an introvert. I'm an introvert with ADHD. So people think I'm, I've got, I'm an extrovert. And I'm like, nah. (laughs) And so the whole thing, I was like, okay, you're going to push yourself out of your comfort zone and you're going to say yes to everything you would otherwise say no to. So I volunteered to drive iShay because usually I'd be like, oh my God, I'm not going to drive with someone I don't know. Like, that's so awkward. Because mm-hmm. I was like, you're going to do that. So all, like the whole thing, I was like, you're going to say yes to the stuff that would otherwise make you feel so insanely uncomfortable just to see what happens. And yeah, it was the most incredible weekend. And I remember we were doing one of the circle exercises and I was saying to, we were all talking about what we're going to listen to. And I like made myself wait because usually my impulse, if I feel uncomfortable is to go first. And I was like, no. So that means you're going to go last. Like I was really trying to just re kind of wire myself or something. And when it was my turn to say like what I was listening for, I was like, I'm going to listen for the silence because my mind is always going, 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 going. I'm going to allow myself to listen to those uncomfortable pauses and not fill it with my own words or, you know, any of that. And so I stuck with it. And then in the car on the way back, it was completely silent. And then like, I just started processing everything and I just became wildly inspired. My Apple watch, the heart rate thing was like going really high. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stroke out on the road. Yeah. Flores does say to be careful driving home for a reason. (laughs) Literally. I was like watching my own time, but it's pretty high. But it was just like uh, so much just came in, but it was new stuff. And it was like lighter and more confident and bolder, you know, like it was just like it was a huge upgrade and in inspiration, basically. <laughs> like and yeah, I pulled, I had to like literally pull over and I just started writing and I was like, and just so much came out like it was like a huge force and it's really been driving me since. And I think that's almost where my, my stoicism now is coming from and almost in what I've called embracing my shadow side. There's something in hearing so many different stories and meeting so many people who you have so much in common with, but you've never met them before. (laughs) Mm. And all of that just kind of, I don't know, just infused me and inspired me like I've like probably never been in my life. <laughs> and I'm like a super inspired person. <laughs> well, wow. well that's, I'm curious. You talked about, did you, it, it enforced your stoicism. Could you just ex- explain a bit more what that means to you? What does that, yeah, what's that phrase? Uh, yeah, I think it's just this, it is what it is. And you can almost compartmentalize the fact that it is what it is. And that doesn't mean that that has to impact your joy or your purpose or any of those things, but it is what it is. So I'm getting the, well, there's this scenario of you want things to be a certain way or move things, move at a certain pace or see so much change happening. uh, And you can either fight that or you can berate yourself or you can like get down on yourself because of it. Or it sounds like you can somehow just, accept and keep on moving yep that's it 
Because it is, you know, I think one of the things we wanted to to kind of talk to is this this idea that we all have the power to inspire. And I think there, you know, it's interesting, like, I might talk to some people and they see myself and Lawrence, I think, oh my God, this amazing big thing. And it's like, you know, it's just so, so much impact and it's like so much great work. And it's like 10 years ago, <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing mm. or where were we going with this in terms of like, I think Lawrence had this real need and vision to like make change in the world. I wasn't sure exactly how that was going to happen. You know, maybe the cynical side of me in terms of oh, this is so complex. There's so many things that you have to deal with and think about. And, you know, it's like, how are you actually going to make a useful change in the world? And what does it actually mean? And so there's this, this, I don't know if it is imposter syndrome or whether it is this idea of like, how on earth is just one person supposed to do anything because it just takes too much effort or the, the there's people on a pedestal that are so beyond me doing the, the kind of the big things in the world. What am, I, what, is, what am I going to do? Well, I mean, you know, I think Chris kind of says it one person at a time. And I think it's like one moment as a time as an individual, nothing is linear. You go forward, you go back, you go upside down to go forward again, to go, you know, backwards loop. It's, it's nothing is, is linear. And there's, I think for me, it was the liberation of deciding to just do kind of freed me from the thing that was holding me back first and foremost, which was myself. And then once I did that, I could take another step towards something I hadn't done before. And then another step towards something I hadn't done before. And there was no, and there is no grand plan. It's more a, this constant recipe against disaster, like literally, <laughs> you know, it's like my own little elixir to just cope with the world. And so it constantly evolves. And then once you realize that you can do so much and it's not, doesn't have to be big. It's saying hello to someone when you're walking. Like that's probably the thing that makes me like feel the most uncomfortable. Like I love that British people don't say hello to each other because in America <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is so awkward. I don't want to talk to you right now. But it it feels good, right? It does feel good. Mm. So I, you know, I try and like do that. And, you know, it's giving people time and attention. It's not doing some things. Almost holding yourself back and being like, okay, I could share this post with my outrage, or I could not. Because if I share it with my outrage, I'm just adding outrage to the fire. If I don't share it, I'm actually helping to diffuse, you know? And so I guess I'd always think of things like, or not things, but I think of this like concept of like solving the world's challenges as like one big whack-a-mole, but everybody just has one hole. So I'm like, if everybody just bangs their hole, like don't go to the left, don't go to the right, just bang your hole, <laughs> just bang your hole. What would happen? Because too often we're all trying to be everywhere and it feels counterintuitive to just do one thing because we live in such an individualistic society. But could you imagine what things would look like in, a, in, a, in an actual tribal sort of community where one person starts to go rogue? Like, Get back here. Like, that's not how we do it. And yet we're encouraged to think that way in, you know, Western society. And it makes people feel apathetic and helpless because you're bleeding out so much energy because you feel the enormity of the problem, but you're trying to like solve like a little bit here, a little bit there. And for me, I was just like, I can only do what I can do. 
And if I focus on what I can do, I'm adding some light to this giant blob. I'm not going to go try and take over the blob. I'm not going to rally everybody together to go attack the blob together. Instead, I'm going to look at how, like, who's fighting the blob? Where can I add my energy? And what would that energy mix look like? So sometimes it's on the ground. Sometimes it's just connecting people. It's like, you know, I would love to fight this fight with you, but I got my own thing going on. But if you two talk, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, I don't have to be everywhere. We don't all have to be everywhere. We need to be conduits for change. Uh, yeah, I, I love that idea because I, I struggle with this in terms of, you you know, you want to, well, there's so many issues out there in the world. We read about them every day. They're not getting any better. And so there's this partly guilt maybe that you feel like, oh, not that I don't care about that, but I, I can't care about that and care about this and care about this because if I do, then I won't care about anything in some ways. So, yeah, I've kind of gone full circle with this. There was a time where I wanted to help with lots of different things, but it sounds to me a bit like stay in your lane and doing your thing. And for me, that means always come back to this idea that like we can impact the world through entrepreneurship and that is our vehicle in some ways. So helping people be happier, make an impact through entrepreneurship. And in the past, I've got diverted down dead ends where you think it could be something else or you get too distracted by other people's ideas of what this could become. But going back to that point, but it's easy to say hard to do. You almost need to go the other way, play the game and then come back to your, your lane. I think that's why communities are so awesome because you feel the energy of other people's whack-a-mole. And for me, it gives me, it almost is like, okay, reassurance. Someone's looking after that. I don't got to worry about it. (laughs) You know, Nicola's on it. She's getting people moving, solving back problems. One, you know, light post at a time. That makes me feel better, right? Because my head can't help but think about the connection between, say, opiate abuse and back pain. You know, that's how my brain works. I always I, I can see how all these all this stuff connects together and then the pharmaceutical industry. And that's the kind of stuff I like to fight. So if I know that on the one hand, someone is preventing the need to get high dose opiates because they're using their joy and spirit and passion to solve the problem on one end. I can then concentrate on the other end. I'm like, we're all going to meet in the middle, right? If we all just keep t- attacking this from all of our angles, we could all just meet in the middle. Have you seen a film called Limitless? No. Oh, it's an interest. I, I love it. And basically, it's about this guy who gets addicted to a drug, but the drug allows him to access every part of his mind, basically. And mm-hmm. so this idea that he will encounter a situation, see a problem, and just see everything, all the connections, know exactly what to do, what's going to happen. And so what was coming up for me is this idea of there's, there's some people in the world who just can just see so many things, so many patterns. And I'm, I'm hearing what you were saying. It's like, oh, my God, someone tells me something. It's like, oh, you could do this. It, it connect, you, know, it's like, you can see all the patterns straight away. And while that is amazing in terms of like, okay, now I know what needs to be done. Now you, the trouble is that you see, now you know what, everything that needs to be done. (laughs) And so you then get overwhelmed with all the possibilities. And then what does that mean in terms of actually taking action? You know, I think on the positive side of that, you get overwhelmed by the possibilities. For me personally, that's actually an easier problem to solve. Mm. When I get overwhelmed by the negativity and I can see, and it's just like the murk underneath you know you're like oh man geez that's what i find hard 
I'm happy to play in my own head and explore stuff. And I've learned over the past kind of four years with inspiration space to do what I call sit on my hands. So I no longer have this compulsion to act on every single idea that comes up. I can literally just enjoy it like a film in my mind and just be totally happy with it and be like, ah, okay, that was, that was nice. But on the other side of it, when you just see these structural systemic issues in the world, and at the same time, you know that you have the intelligence and the critical thinking skills. And now I've realized not the naivety to understand that this could all be fixed very simply. It's not that there's not people working on it. It's definitely not that there's no money. This is an active choice by the system to keep it like this. That's hard to deal with. So my first thought was, I don't know, there's like, I can remember getting like balls of string and like, or I, I don't know, you like, you know, a chain, like a, uh, a necklace and then you left it in your pocket or something and something's oh it's all that and then you're just like trying to unpick this thing and, oh my god this is just like ah so just looking at a system like oh my god this is really complicated it's going to take a lot of work and so there's a uh, already before you even started it's just like uh energy down because you've already seen all the angles the other aspect of this is like there's the system and that's what i'm here is like the system that's being per- perpetuated in inverted commas and then there's the people in it and so there's the ball of string or the chain that needs to be unraveled, but then there's the the this change in mindset that required of the people in that system as well. So the system might be broken and there's the wrong processes, blah, blah, blah. But then there's the people who are tied to that or wedded to that or stuck with it. And you're having to get them to think differently. And what I'm trying to say, how are we connecting this to this idea of like inspiration isn't just about fixing problems. It's about changing mindsets, I'm hearing. Yeah. And this was the thing that came from when I was coming back from summer camp, it was this concept, it's like, we can create a brave new world. A hundred percent we can. I remember when I was on Clubhouse and it was in the very early days. And what was so incredible at that early experience, and you know, if you talk to a, a, a heavy user in the summer of 2020, they'll just be like, I've never experienced anything like my like that in my life again. And I probably never will. And there's almost like this, like a sadness almost like, damn, what could have been? And for me, it's very similar to kind of the moment that I was inspired to start Inspiration Space because I was allowing myself to be too invisible because you could just sit there and listen and da-da-da. And I would have some conversations, but I didn't say nearly as much as I could have or, you know, not even should have. And there was a missed opportunity. Like, the get out the vote drive on the app for the election was huge, but these were people that were actual decision makers. So you could then see the power of just going straight to the top, right? And just being like, yeah, go make that happen. And then you see it out in the world. And I'm like, we missed an opportunity to change everything because it's not like the people weren't in the room that could have done it. And it's not like they weren't talking about their own frustrations with the system, but didn't do it. And I didn't offer the suggestion. So part of that's on me. Maybe nobody saw it. Maybe I assume people saw it and they didn't. And I didn't offer it. So we are. And with summer camp, it was that same feelings like, damn, these everybody here is fired up and they're working in their sphere of influence and they're using creativity and no one's being performative. So it's like even better, right? It's genuine. It's authentic. It's rooted. I was like, this is how we create a brave new world. It's like more of this. 
it was like a, like this fireball in a tent. I was like, you can't turn that off with anything. What would happen if we could amplify that and let it like rip like a forest fire, right? Like scorched earth. No one could come, like you couldn't come back from it, you know? And so I think there is something in this idea of saying it. It's almost like, it's okay to be corny. Tell people, you know, nobody ever, like, it's like, oh, that's really lame. Like you want to go like justice fight? Like, no. And that, you know, Lawrence, your point, the entrepreneurship is the great, like, it's the best ruse, right? It's like capitalism, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it is super powerful. And it's like, if we could just ignite by allowing ourselves to say, nah, this isn't, this is not acceptable anymore. This is not acceptable. I don't think we actually have to have a mindset shift because we are just building the new solutions. And that's why it's a brave new world. It was not always the way that it made more sense to replace a dishwasher than get it fixed. The system created the conditions to allow us to change our mindsets. Like if you ever speak to like your grandparents would be like credit, you know, cause like that wasn't a financial instrument that existed in the same way it does now. People change their minds, not cause they changed their minds. It's just the, they, it's like one day the wallpaper was blue and now it's pink. We can do that for anything. We just have to make something else normal. We have to make kindness normal. We need to make slow, sustainable business growth normal. We need to change the stories about what entrepreneurship even is. I'm like, for me, it's like a strategic game that's also sort of like a science experiment. And because it's an experiment, the money sort of flows out of it is like, oh, yeah, it worked. Like, <laughs> and when I think of it like that, it makes it easy. But, well, if I can't make a living doing this, that doesn't mean I have to stop doing this. I'll get like some kind of more like stable paid work. It doesn't mean I'm not an entrepreneur anymore. It doesn't mean anything. And yet, you know, there's all these narratives and stories that we hold on to that prevents us from creating this brave new world. And I'm like, we got to knock this off. Amen. I was, I was trying to connect to, to one of the challenges that we find that some people have around this is this ability to speak up. You know, you were saying, oh, it's cheesy to do this thing or say this thing, and, you know. Um, and so I wanted to explore this idea of, for people who have a strong sense that something they want to say something, but either A, they'll say, oh, someone said it before, or B, I can't say it in the right way because it sounds corny or cheesy, or I'm not that kind of person, or or C, it's like I'm adding to the noise, so I can't really mm -hmm. say it. I was wondering what either of you could offer as, again, inspiration to speak. Well, I'd add D as well. It'll only just stoke the fire and all the um, trolls will come out and find me. The keyboard words. That's a good question. I mean, I guess I'd put it back with a question. Why are you afraid to speak? Like, what are you actually afraid of? I would challenge the idea that you need an audience. How are you talking to yourself? Literally, how are you talking to yourself? How are you showing up every day? If you care that much about it, how are you showing up? You could literally just show up every day, talk to yourself as if every day is a TED talk. What would happen? I, you know, I do think we got to challenge this idea that we always need some audience. Maybe it's my ADHD because I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> Give me yourself permission. Yeah. And well, I'd, I'd also argue even just write, you know, if you publish something, <laughs> writing builds clarity for me. So you are talking to yourself because you're helping yourself build your clarity around 
what it is you're trying to say. I mean, it depends on what, what the energy is. If the energy is like the enemy, you know, picking on them, they're doing it wrong. It's all about them. It's very kind of activist energy, which can be helpful, but also can be toxic as well, I think, to actually, like you said, this is the world I want to be in. This is the world we're creating. So you can't argue with that. It's not like there's a right or wrong. It's just like, this is the world. This is where we're going. This is our philosophy. This is our belief system. So if you like it, join us. If you don't, then stick with the dinosaurs. And and that's your choice. And then maybe that influences who you listen to or who you don't listen to. But like mm-hmm. you said, it can be this need to seek approval rather than just this is how it is. I I quite I was curious actually about what you said there, Liana, about how are you talking to yourself? And I wanted to relate it to, we talk about this journey from the inside out of entrepreneurship. When you say, how am I talking to myself? Is like, how am I relating to myself? How much Mm. do I know about myself? Because if I'm talking to myself in a quite cruel, belittling way, am I aware that I'm doing that? And how does that actually then impact how I talk to other people? So there's this, we need to be able to speak what we feel is true for us and needs to be said in the world so that we can make the world a better place. And then we need to know actually you know, what, what is true for me? <laughs> what is it I really believe in? I want to change and it's important to me that isn't, Oh, everyone else is interested in that. So I should be interested in that. It's like, no, this is my hole that I'm going to whack because I love <laughs> this hole. This is the whole, how is that? I don't know. Have you, encounter that have you done that for yourself in terms of like just understanding what is it i'm here to do and, and how did you follow that process or did you have a process for it or you know i wish i could say that there was some formula but it's just how i feel i think if everyone if anyone who looks back at their life will see these pivotal moments where it's like i could go left or right and you evolve you know probably every 10 years or so and you always have this am i going left or right. And, and as I've got older, and I think probably the, the most significant thing was coming to the UK at 21 and like getting married in like a year and like just totally did all the stuff people take till their thirties to do. I did in nine months, <laughs> you know, guys, so I was like, I'm all in, <laughs> you know? And, and, and so maybe that's what it is that I just, because I, I jumped or rather leaped so long, so early in my life, that probably liberated me from this whole concept of like the woulda, coulda, shouldas and like, oh, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. Cause I didn't do any of the stuff I was supposed to do. <laughs> like, mm. And I probably never have, you know, that's always been in my nature. I challenge everything. It's like, if I, and it's not from like an aggressive bit, I'm just trying to understand. I'm trying to make it make sense in my own head. And I'm a quite practical person in a lot of ways, like very first principles. And that's why I get so frustrated. So I'm like, I, I do not understand why it is this way because I could come up with like 15 different alternatives now. So I just don't, you know, it's like, it's like this, like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Tell me again. I don't get it. I don't get it. And it makes me so frustrated, you know? And so there is no path or calling. It's just my own frustration that just leads me And that's where I get this whole concept of like, you can't mistake apathy for self-care because it's exhausting. (laughs) It's exhausting. And you're, and I can take it in on so many different levels, so many different things. Right. And it it can just weigh up and it's like, ah, I just can't look, I can't look, I can't cope, I can't cope. And it's like, 
Yeah, but what's happening mentally is you're literally checking out from the whole situation and you can't like you're not feeling it anymore. You know, so it's not just a mental break. It's a physical break because I feel things very physiologically. So it's like, nah, like it feels like uh, like in my head, the image of like water comes up, but I don't have the word, uh, you know, like almost placid or flaccid, you know, something like that. Where it's just <laughs> like, you know, both. <laughs> it is that feeling where it's just like, uh, you're sinking in to the gray. Mm. You're not actively you know, fighting against it in flight or fight, you're sinking into the gray. Like, don't pretend like you're looking after yourself. You're just like apathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's interesting that you you said placid. It's kind of uh, I was going to say surrender, but in a in not the there's many ways that people can think of that word. But there's this thing of just like disempowered. It's like that scene in Get Out. Have you ever seen Get Out? And he's like. In get in in get out, like when he goes into the, I don't even know what the word, like what the place is called, like this, like he just like sinks and he's like falling back and it's like just in this hole and it's beautifully slow, mm. like or like when you, if you pour pour oil out and it's just like viscous, it's, yes, yes, Chris, that, exactly, that, you know, it's like that, yeah, and it's like ooh, I don't, yeah. I don't like feeling like that because I I'm always very hyper aware of the physiological sensations. That was the other thing I learned at summer camp was that what I had been mistaking as anxiety for so long was excitement. Mm. <laughs> I used to have like get this feeling and be like, Oh, I have to do this. I've got to work. I've got to do this. I'm going to stay up late and work. And then I wouldn't do anything. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I haven't done it. And I realized I was like, nah, you're excited. It feels like anxiety. And because you don't know, and because you think it feels like anxiety, you think it means that you're supposed to be actually doing something. And actually, you're just excited. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, that's good to know. <laughs> I can stay excited. Just watch this movie in my head play. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like giving yourself permission to like, no, just stay on your whack-a-mole. You're good. You're good. Like, but there's this you know, viscosity, inertia, this feeling of like, oh, it's it's not worth it. And what is, what's coming back to me now is this whole thing. It's connected to apathy. The opposite of that is like, uh, is like what you were saying. Is like, I just need to understand. Just help me understand. I want to understand. And, and so you ask the questions. And so I think there's a, a permission to always be asking questions. You know, if we're going to speak out, you know, whether it is social media, whether it is talking to yourself, is that permission to always ask questions, not to like, I don't understand. So I'm not going to do anything. I don't really, it's too hard for me to, get into my head so i'm not even going to try so i'll just stop maybe it's called maybe it's curiosity but there's uh, but there's a, even like a nearly a demand energy around it it's not like oh that's interesting like, I, I need to understand why is this happening this way mm. and, and to have that without feeling like it's an imposition like you're upsetting people or demanding their energy and attention it's nearly like a childlike why 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 and like mm-hmm. until it's like okay i don't know why should we change it mm-hmm. or because i said so yeah right it's because i said so the system just is that way because i said so and that's why i love the internet you know i've been on the internet since like the the early 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 days you know in america like with the plug-in bid i was like 13 and so i've always been talking to people online and i think i've always underestimated what that's meant for me because I will just go down rabbit holes 
You know, there's so many communities and forums and, you know, where you can actually like hear what people have to say. Like, you know, I spend a lot of time in like conservative and Tory Reddit as an example, because I'm trying to understand. And in an anonymous forum like that, people are a lot more genuine. And I, I come away genuinely inspired, for example, when you're in conservative Reddit and they're like, why did we lose the election? And their own peers are like, because of abortion, we need to stop, you know, like, it's like, wow, okay. They're keeping each other in check. You know, another reframe is with the news, they only put out the bad stuff. So it feels like the world is so bad. And I was just thinking to myself, I'm going to really challenge because I don't consistently show up on social media to just be like, no, I'm going to share like one good news thing a day. Cause I don't know why like uplifting lose is some niche web platform that should be the dominant one. And all the bad stuff should be the niche thing. That for me is a, a one of those examples. Like now my head is spinning in terms of like, you know, that why news channels are like that and commercialism and money and, and eyeballs and attention and just like, sparking people's interest they'll click on something that feels a bit ah rather than ah so and at the same time if you then do that if you fall into that mindset and you don't do anything about it then you're sinking into apathy but you are doing something about it yeah you are doing something about it you're on your whack-a-mole you both show up consistently on social media with good stuff so you are doing something about it that's the thing we i think we all take for granted our contribution and so in actual fact, what we're doing is bigger and more significant than what we think. And so we belittle it. We don't feel its impact. And I, I, it feels like on a wider scale, just thinking because of how social media has evolved and developed and how the measurement of likes and follows and all this engagement has kind of dominated our understanding of what impact means. It's that feeling of like, if I write something, and no one ticks that thumb or clicks that thumb. It's like, Ugh. as opposed to maybe someone didn't click the thumb, but what they did is they read it and it sunk in. Thank uh, you. That's exactly what I was going to say. Exactly that. Because I'll tick stuff and not even read it. And if we have that awareness, and maybe this is part of hopefully a message that we can put out is like, don't chase the thumb clicks. Just be curious or be demanding or positive <laughs> about what you would like to see and what you'd like to say. And that be a, basically your whack-a-mole sort of approach. Yeah. I think otherwise it, it can become so forced. I, like I said, I, you know, I don't show up consistently because I'm so busy doing the doing. I'm like, hmm. we don't tell, we probably share 1% of what is actually happening you know, the transformations we are actually making, the awards that people are winning. And I think for me, that's the thing that's really fueling me. It's like when I when I know that someone has come into inspiration space as a stay-at-home mom with an idea to make a doll, and we in 90 days can turn that into a textile and material circularity company where this person then gets, you know, an invitation to join a VC-backed accelerator, and then two years later is winning awards and, you know, is actually doing something for the environment. I'm like, that feels good. And I don't need to 
post about that all the time. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, Hmm. that feels good for me. And that means that I can show up in a different way. It boosts that confidence, right? It makes me bolder. And I don't necessarily have to tell that story everywhere all the time, nor do I have, you know, because it's, I'm too busy trying to make that happen again and again, Hmm. again, and again, and again, like the proof is in the pudding. It's like, if I can, if we can, as inspiration space, just create this factory of progress, does it matter if I get a like, or does it matter that now I don't have to walk around feeling like a basket case (laughs) because, you know, I can see the impact because now there's not plastic in the trees or whatever. What I I was connecting to there was this idea of intrinsic motivation. Mm. It's like, I don't have to tell everyone everything. What I'm driven by is this inner satisfaction of the job that I'm doing well and seeing and, and, and feeling that. And we talk about, well, I talk a lot, a lot about this in our Vision 2020 program around what does impact mean? Some people, they can like write a book and it can go out to thousands, hundreds, maybe even millions of people. And that for them is good impact. They don't know how the people are receiving the book, whether it's read, whatever, it's, but it's like that feels like impact. And then there's others who need to experience it face-to-face. They need to be in front of someone and they need to see something happen, whether that's a primary school teacher or a coach or a therapist or a, even a, I don't know, a designer where they're actually working one-to-one. Like, oh, they really appreciated what I gave them. And it feels like there's something here around what, what lights us up in terms of this idea of feeling that our action is, is worth taking and accepting that rather than chasing the clicks or the accolades or the trying to share the stories because it's good marketing. It's like what, what feels good to start off with rather than what's just strategically good for the impact strategy that we're trying to create. And I, I think what I was also connecting to that is like you, on, on your talk, you talked about this inspiration flywheel. And so I was wondering maybe just a little bit to connect to that. If it does, this idea like it's just action and then, well, remind me how that worked again. I'll remind us if you'd maybe so, share. Yeah. So how inspiration works is like people think that it's ephemeral, but it's not. So there will, there will be, there will be a catalyst. And then that creates a little of this like transcendental experience. And the end result of that is motivation. And then the motivation creates action. And then the action, the actual, like the reward of having taken action fills you with more inspiration and the whole thing starts again. So there's research that shows inspired people are more likely to achieve their goals and then to keep stretching as they do it. They're more motivated. Something that I found really interesting is that you can feel inspiration, other people's inspiration through experiences and content. So as part of the the research uh, that Trash and Elliot did around inspiration, they had a set of poets write poetry. And they had the poets do their inspiration scale. So they knew how inspired the poets were when they wrote the poetry. The more inspired poets inspired more people. And there's even like footage of uh, Michael Jordan in, you know, this iconic game. And the research showed that the people who watched the game were more inspired and they did show increased, you know, feelings of inspiration long after. It literally is infectious. And if you can surround yourself with inspiring people and inspiring content 
and or isolate yourself in a way from the negativity just by the turning it off or whatever, or accepting it and just kind of leaning into it and be like, tomorrow's another day. It becomes this flywheel. And it's not like every day is a good day, at, not at all. You know, that's why I'm embracing my stoicism and my shadow side, because it does you a disservice if every time someone asks you, how are you? Like, everything is great. You know, it's like, maybe it's not. That's cool. You don't have to bring anybody down, but it's like, yeah, you know, could be better. And so it is this, it is a flywheel. I, I, I see it. I experience it. I know it. It is a flywheel. And you just have to allow yourself to embrace that, that buzz. So I, I've got like two pictures of how this inspiration thing could work. Uh, I got like this kind of top-down hierarchical approach. You've got uh, Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa, if you want, Gandhi, Obama, you know, people that you think, oh, yeah, and, and then it trickles down. Yeah. So the question, who inspires the inspirers? All right, other people beyond, before them. But there's always like a big person at the top that just spreads it out. And then there's more of a kind of a circular aspect. It's like put your – Put yourself in a space with other people just doing, you know, not majorly inspiring on that scale, but still doing inspiring stuff. So you're all inspiring each other. So rather than someone has to inspire everyone else, it's like, I inspire you, you inspire me, who inspires Lawrence, who inspires you again, who inspires Chris, who inspires Anya, who inspires you. And there's this feeling of like, how can you be in a space where it's not up to one person to inspire everyone? It's up to everyone to inspire everyone in their own unique, authentic way. It, it happens naturally. And I challenge this concept of what inspiration looks like. You've mentioned all these positive people. And, you know, you'll know from my talk, I'm like, you want to see inspiration in action? Look at Nazis. Literally. They, they like, mo- they used motivation and storytelling and all of these things to get people to do horrendous things. That is inspiration in action. January 6th, that is inspiration in action. And so long as we refuse to see it in that way, everyone will always think it's corny and never, no one will ever really turn it on. But it's a fire. It's an actual fire. If it could do that, what could it do for climate change? If we could actually stop trying to be everywhere and just like bang our drum and like, you know, change our own personal behaviors in our own sphere of influence. Don't go, you know, you don't need to glue yourself to a picture if that's not right for you. But, you know, compost, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like get the get the get the simple stuff right. Make that part of your daily bit, because that's how you get this groundswell of 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 change inspiration is not this light fluffy thing it's so powerful that is a powerful message and it feels like in the wrong hands inspiration can cause incredible damage it does cause incredible damage (laughs) yeah and so it's nearly i'm going to say a duty i don't want it to sound too heavy though but at the same time there is a there's a power in knowing that we can use inspiration also in much more beneficial ways. And I'm hearing also a way that's more aligned to what's in your lane, what's in your hole, what's <laughs> in actually what is, is yours to do as opposed to what everyone else is, is to do. And one of the things we talk about in our program and our community, this uh, Seth Godin's people like us do things like this. 
And this whole idea of mm. Marshall Gantz's uh, perspective of story of self, story of us, and story of now. Uh, and knowing what is ours to do, and then knowing who connects with that, and then motivating, like you're saying, people to take action now through skills that we can acquire, which is storytelling. And I think some people may feel like, oh, there's born storytellers. Like, there's not born entrepreneurs. It's just people who have uh, inclination to do something about something that they think is important to do. And what we need is just more people to inspire each other, say, actually, it's okay to do that. You're allowed to. It's, it's fine. As long as you don't hurt anyone. But, you know, go ahead. Like, the rules are so simple, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is why, why, why do we make life so hard? Exactly. Well, thank you very much, Liana. Yeah, thanks. It's been a awesome. wonderful, lovely, energizing conversation. I hope it's been helpful and useful for those of you who are listening live. And I've seen some lovely comments already in the chat. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Mark and John Paul and Marga and Russell and Chris and Anya. So before we end, uh, maybe some final a final thought uh, about what yeah what you're taking away from this conversation. Uh, yeah, des- I'm taking away reassurance. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. How about you, Lawrence? Well, I think it's a reminder of don't underestimate what you're doing because we can always feel like there's a massive gap between what we want to be doing or feel like we should be doing and what we actually do. But at the same time, this idea of, I don't know about duty, but there's a responsibility of sorts, which I feel. And so sometimes it's like, well, if no one else is going to do it, then we better do it. And so it's that balance, isn't it? It's like, yeah, but I just want to go and walk on the beach or play frisbee (laughs) but there's also time for action so it's that Mm -hmm. constant challenge of tension between action and inaction and maybe just getting the balance right between like you said creating you know just doing the work and not just talking about it and or even consuming the wrong things being conscious of where the inputs come from I, i was quite taken to by this idea of just not trying to chase the metrics you know, whereas the clicks, particularly when it comes to social media and when it comes to speaking out loud, you know, we're looking for the external validation. How can we be more intrinsically motivated about these things so that we do, we see some impact, we get motivated, we get inspired, we motivated to do some more and, and that flywheel effect. And I think the other thing is you mentioned the person you're talking about, I can't remember who got the funding over two years, mm-hmm. you know, this is be, being patient. You know, this is something that mm. we've seen in our community. You know, some of these ideas take three years to just come to some kind of clarity and fruition. And so you, I connected to what you said at the beginning, this kind of stoic mentality. It's like, you know, just accept where you are now, how it's going. Don't get bogged down. Don't get stuck in the, the viscosity of whatever it is that apathy is creating for you. And I feel how we do that is to surround ourselves by others trying to do the same. Mm. And that's where we will get inspired. We don't have to look to the massive big names out there and try and listen to their TED Talks. We just go and chat to the person next to us who who we believe is on a similar journey. And you never know who that person next to you will be. And I would Mm. just add, you know, it's about focusing on the metrics that matter. And Mm. you have to determine those for yourself and that is what can drive you, you know, it, you have to set what, you know, success looks like for you. And I genuinely believe any good business story that you ever hear, it takes time. 
and I'm suspect of anything that happens really quickly because more often than not, it's a fraud, it's a scam, it's not real. Mm-hmm. And it blows up eventually. Very rarely does it not. So it's mm-hmm. like you can get yourself all head up trying to follow that road, but that road is a dead end. I'm imagining some, well, I'd love to know what inspiration space meet summer camp next year looks like because yeah I'm oh my god that's managing. gonna be like literally ridiculous explosion anyway we've got uh 10 months to work that out yeah thank you very much leon i really appreciate your time yeah energy. thanks your time oh, everyone thank else. you both and thank it's, you uh, everyone in the chat it's been an inspirational time thank you everyone <laughs> take care until next week bye-bye Ciao. thank you for listening to this episode of the happy entrepreneur podcast To hear more inspiring conversations like this, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search for The Happy Entrepreneur. In March, we'll be launching Tribe 7 of our Vision 2020 program. If you're at a point in your career or entrepreneurial journey where you're asking yourself, what next? And you need the clarity and confidence to make some bold decisions about a new direction, then this program is for you will help you define what success really means to you, understand the impact that is yours to make, make sure your mission is both energetically and financially sustainable, and also learn how to build a supportive community around yourself. We want people who are driven to do good in the world and are tired of trying to do it on their own. We'll share the key lessons we've learned while building the Happy Startup School and pivoting from the stressful peaks and troughs of agency life to a life of freedom, adventure, service, and connection. We value learning, play, and friendship, and we'd like to help you discover the values and the work that align more to who you are. Don't struggle alone, and don't get sidetracked by other people's measures of success. Discover for yourself what it means to create effortless impact. To apply for the next tribe, go to vision.happystartups.co. We look forward to hearing from you.